Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast for the technician who's keeping it real. Follow along as we talk to industry professionals and address hot topics that we all face. Along the way, we'll learn tips and tricks. I'm your host, Trent Manning. Let's have some fun. Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast. This week, we're talking to Corey Phillips. He's the equipment manager at Horseshoe Bend Country Club in Roswell, Georgia. Horseshoe Bend is an 18-hole private course, and Corey is the sole mechanic in his shop. A little background on me and Corey, we worked together at Jerry Pate Turf and Irrigation, the Toro distributor for basically the southeast, and we started working together back in 2008, and prior to that, I didn't know Corey, but we became pretty good friends over the years, and especially while we are working at Jerry Pate always calling each other we had a lot of windshield time so catching up on what we were seeing in the field and uh, got to be pretty good friends and i'm thankful to have him around we don't talk as much as we used to you know how that goes life and uh, you'll get to hear about his boys and baseball and that keeps him uh, pretty busy but i hope you enjoy it today let's hear from Corey. welcome Corey phillips to the real turf text podcast how you doing Corey? Doing just fine, sir. Doing just fine. I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Finally, finally glad we had, we found time to meet up and do this. Yep. That's going to be good. It's going to be good. Between my baseball and your internet. That, uh, yeah, that's, that's right. It's been We're going to get it done next year. Um, tell us how you got into the turf industry. Oh, gosh. Um, honestly, I, I got lucky. My dad, he, he, worked for a local golf course uh close to the town that i was raised in in alabama he worked for the golf course while the the mine the underground coal mines that he worked at was was on strike he's an underground high voltage uh, electrician uh by trade and uh they were on strike and he was looking to supplement so he worked with them for a while they were looking for an assistant technician so he went down there and helped them out and they they fell in love with him fast forward a year or so, I guess, uh, their head technician moved on to another job and they called him, uh, and asked him if he would be interested in it. My background is I, I was in school while my dad was, was working at that golf course. I was in college, uh, went to be a machinist and, uh, got out of college and as a machinist and realized how long you had to be a machinist to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to make any money doing it. And, uh, if you ever go to, if you ever visit anybody's or a, a, a production style or any machine shop, uh, you'll notice two things, lots of big machinery, uh, measuring tools, and usually one or two really, really old guys that have been there for a long time. And all the other guys that are there are waiting for those two old guys to move on before they can move up. Uh, I didn't want to be one of those guys waiting around. So I worked in steel mill um, as production machinist and and maintenance guy for a while just kind of bouncing around really didn't find my niche of what i wanted to do um so anyway the golf course called my dad and said hey we have an opening would you be interested in it and at that time i was a maintenance uh one of the maintenance guys for a paper plant that recycled cardboard for roofing shingles so we would bring in different forms of paper and cardboard and, and grind it all up 
and make these big rolls of paper and then send that big roll of paper to the asphalt shingle company and they would spray the the tar and the and so anyway we were stage one in, in making shingles um so my dad called me and goes hey i got something you might be interested in because he he knows that his mind and my mind they work a lot alike we we can which most technicians are you can take things apart in your mind and put them back together without ever putting your hands on it so you can kind of figure out what's going on mm-hmm. so he said hey i got something you might be interested in i really enjoyed it when i was over there and i think you'd really love it and i said oh man i don't want to go over to a golf course and work on stupid golf carts <laughs> he said no it's not golf carts it, it you're really going I, I you really need to go over there um i said all right fine i'll go over there at that time i was merely going for that interview to keep his reputation with them intact because he told mm-hmm. them that I would come in. Mm-hmm. So someone says, I'm going to do something. I'm going to go do it, especially okay. my dad. So I went over there and halfway through the interview process, I was drooling. I wanted it hmm. because it was a whole bunch of stuff that I knew nothing about. And I wanted to know about it. I, yeah. I, I wanted it. And I was nervous as I'll get out thinking, oh, my God, they're going to have four or five other people that's interviewing and somebody's going to get this job. I, so I called the superintendent uh, 30 minutes or so after I left and thanked him for for bringing me in for an interview and mm-hmm. told him how much I really wanted it. And uh, little did I know, I think I was one of two people that interviewed and the other guy had no experience whatsoever in turning wrenches. Uh, but so I, I, I lucked up and fell into that job and and been loving it ever since. That's awesome. And I think a lot of us can relate to that on how we get into the industry. It's by luck or by necessity or something like that. Uh, walk us through your daily shop routine. Huh. All right. Well, um, right now, the shop that I'm at, first thing I turn on is, is the computer and I check the job board. So we use advanced task tracker. Uh, I'm, I'm refreshing it. So as soon as the super, as the superintendent is, putting things on i'm I'm checking because i want to see what their plan is for the day because what their plan is dictates what my plan is and right now i'm the single man in a shop mm-hmm. uh, and so how i plan my day is is very very critical choosing choosing the wrong thing will severely mess me up for tomorrow uh but so I'll start off with task tracker um, and see, see what my day is going to be. My mornings are, are checking mowers mostly uh, because the equipment area of our shop where my lift is located, where I check reels is not inside my, my working shop. It's outside in the equipment storage area. That part of the building gets hotter than three hails after uh, 11 o'clock, mm-hmm. uh, really 10. So you, you better have everything checked by, by lunch or you are going to be i don't care you can put a portacle out there all you want to you will be dripping mm-hmm. uh and just can't breathe so that that part of the shop gets extremely hot so i like to do all of my morning check all my checks and stuff from the equipment that went out the previous day like my fairway mowers t mowers uh all of that i check uh early that morning um greens mowers as soon as they roll in they go on the lift and they get checked my actual shop is insulated so if I keep the doors down, it stays pretty, pretty bearable with that portico mm-hmm. going. And then my, my midday and afternoons are usually inside that shop or, uh, yeah, usually inside that shop, uh, repairing or, or 
working on whatever I planned for that morning. Right. But uh, you know, as well as I do, plan is only as good as the paper is written on. So yeah, that's it. Uh, Sometimes five minutes into your day, you can wad that up and throw it away. Does the superintendent ever fill out task tracker the day before? Uh, sometimes usually yeah. the morning of it's usually the morning of, but sometimes they'll fill it out the, the day before. Um, it, it's pretty set in stone on what they're going to do on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays. I mean, they, they have a, they've got a routine, they got a pattern. Um, and once you, I mean, it's just like anything, once you recognize that your superintendent's pattern, um, it makes your planning a lot easier. So right. are you using task tracker for any kind of equipment maintenance stuff? Have not, uh, no, not equipment maintenance. Uh, we are about to start the assigning the equipment okay. in Task Tracker. So you can assign that to an employee mm-hmm. uh, because I'm noticing there, which I'm sure it's that way at every place, the each, each employee has their favorite mower mm-hmm. and he jumps on it and goes, mows the driving range T and it gets chewed up well then that one gets jumped on again to go mow tees out on the course and then that one gets jumped on again to go mow it mm-hmm. so it and you you check it and one of them still has a burr on the reel and the other one it, it needs a grind and like what in the, guys what is it so i we're about to start doing that so that way i can rotate rotate through and so i can look back and see who had a specific machine so yeah that'll be super handy and if i remember right on task tracker the superintendent when he's assigning a piece of equipment he can see the hours mm-hmm. so if there's one with less hours or whatever he can assign it and try to keep your hours evened out pretty nice. and yeah and I, and I think on it too you can pull a machine out of the available inventory that he can assign if that machine is down so if it's in my shop and he don't know about it and then i see it because the way it is now it's one of the reasons i'm looking first thing in the morning is i see two timors going out and i go oh whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, either I forgot to tell him the day before that machine was down or whoever's doing the board that morning didn't know. And so I, I immediately run in there and go, Hey, you got a team more down. You got to get him something else to do. And go, oh, okay. I didn't know it was down or I forgot it was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way I can pull that one out of their available inventory. And then when they try to assign two guys to go motis, they ain't got but one machine. Jamie sharp is the guy at task tracker and i've talked to him several times and uh, one of the things that actually hector velasquez and him came up with is you know you can tag it out of service Mm -hmm. or disabled or whatever he calls it but you can also put a note in there so when the superintendent pulls it up and sees it's disabled he knows why it's disabled so that Uh. way you know he doesn't have to come to your shop or in your office and say why is this mower down Yep. You know, he knows right there. So they're, uh, I've really enjoyed working with Jamie and he's really open to any ideas that I've had on, uh, making his program better. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. it, whenever, whenever the end users input is valued and, and, and implemented into something, it usually makes it better because that, that end user is, it's just like every other end user that's going to use their product. So, well, one of the things I was talking to him about, cause I'm using it for work orders and we're using it in the shop for keeping track of equipment maintenance and you can create all the work orders and the guys in the shop, they have access so they can update the work orders, close the work orders, all that stuff. Um, 
I, th- I know me and you have talked before about uh, Toro My Turf, and I was a secretary pretty much mm-hmm. running that, creating work orders, closing work orders, and all that stuff. So now the guys in the shop can do it. But uh, one of the issues that I was having with it is you create all these work orders and you might have whatever, 10, 15, 20 work orders, and there was no way to prioritize them. So he came up with a system for that. So now you can prioritize them. So that way the guys in the shop, because, I mean, I know what the priority is for the most part, but the guys in the shop that hadn't been doing it that long, they don't know, you know, if a mower needs to be serviced or if one's down for repair, it needs to be fixed. And a, and a happy little accident with that is the assistant technicians are now starting to see the patterns in the priority of the repair. So when they, when they move on to their other shop, they remember and, and, and can, can see what they should be prioritizing in their own shops and then for their repairs. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a, that is, that's a fantastic little feature. Well, you say that and it, it reminds me whenever I get a new technician in the shop, you know, I go around, I show them all the equipment and all that stuff. And I say, what do you think the most important piece of equipment in here is, you know, as far as mowers and stuff. And it seems like they always go to fairway mowers because they're the most expensive. That's the biggest. But, business, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a big misconception, I think, mm-hmm. for guys not in the industry. But most golfers don't go to a course and say, oh, they had really nice fairways. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, <laughs> they're usually talking about the greens. Well, and, and- too i mean the the priority of the repair changes with the season i mean if you've got if it's beginning part of fall and every single oak tree around the course is is uh dropping its leaves on the course and and they got to get cleaned up uh that that tractor blower that just went down uh takes a little more priority over a mower that you've got four or five others of uh that dang tractor needs to be going because we got to get the leaves off the course Mm -hmm. so for sure yeah, it's priorities change with the with the season for sure do you relief grind or not no i wish i could i don't have the means to uh i've wanted a a uh different flavor uh in my shop for a long time and haven't haven't gotten it yet just a, a single person in the shop it makes having a good relief on a reel the grinds are faster when you do grind uh, but right now i've got express dual and i do not have the rat that relief attachment that goes on the back end of the grinder and so it's it's a spin only right now um which i mean it gets the job done but it's uh to me it's not ideal i prefer a relief grind so if it's on there from the factory there's a reason so right i hear you i'm with you completely tell us something you fabricated lately and it better include a strike alloy <laughs> there uh oh uh, no i'm hoping when i'm fabricating i'm not breaking anything off yeah, and having yeah, yeah, if the extractor uh tube is open uh usually marilyn manson or uh, rob zombie is playing in the shop and it's uh <laughs> a lot of screaming and it ain't me uh, i'm the one banging the hammer and uh there the, the music is loud and the the musicians are angry. I figure I'll let them be angry for me and then I don't have to be. While we're on that, will you tell the listeners about Extract Alloy if they've never Absolutely. heard of it? Extract Alloy, and I think there's like two other, there might be two other variations, but the, the brand name, I think that is a brand name supplied through Parts Master. Uh, that's where I get mine. 
it's called extractaloy. It is a um, a broken bolt extracting uh, special alloy rod that the flux melts at a much lower temperature uh, and cools quicker. So when you're welding inside, I mean, you can take a stud that's broken. I mean, you can probably YouTube. You can weld inside a hole and the flux flows to the outside. The rod, as it melts, it stays right on top of the stud. Uh, does not hurt the outer threads. Uh, I've actually taken the Roto-Link dampener off of a Procore 648 where the 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 half inch bolts or the studs mm-hmm. come up through the frame and you put the nuts on top of it um those have broken off uh as the rubber starts getting old and those things start getting too stiff uh it'll it'll break those studs off so anyway it breaks them off flush or down inside the aluminum and you would think i mean if you weld that that with any other rod you're going to melt the aluminum the aluminum yeah, is going sure. to melt to the bolt and you're never getting it out uh, I've tried drilling it. I've tried everything. You take that rod and just start welding a bead right in the center. Just, just keep it on the center. Keep the rod on the center as it melts coming up. And then as you get to the top, stop and hit the flux and all the flux is on the outside. And there's a perfect, just a stacked little, old little dot, uh, right on top of the stud, put a washer on top of that, weld the washer to that. And you can usually take a pair of pliers and grab a hold of that washer and spin it right out with a pair of pliers. But hmm. if they don't get it, you weld a nut to the top of that and out she comes. So awesome. They Very are good. they are a lifesaver. I've I have saved a uh, an entire rear tractor housing because the drawbar uh frame on the bot that bolts to the bottom of the tractor, it busted hmm. out uh four of the six bolts that was holding that on and they they weren't coming out uh, i think they were in with some loctite but uh i think something something a little too heavy got put on that one <laughs> I, I would guess but uh i got those rods got under the bottom of it and welded it and out they come um That's awesome yep they they are fantastic well moving on to fabrication i didn't mean to derail you there no no i i like rabbit holes i go off in rabbit holes all the time now i built a hose reel frame uh that mounts on the top of a sprayer that it got completely eat up with rust as they were pulling the hose off the it just just crumbled Hmm. so i built an entire hose reel frame because as anybody that's looked into a hose reel frame those they're pretty proud of those things Mm -hmm. so i built the frame up um and mounted their the 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 bearings that were on it were in good shape so i built the frame up with angle iron welded it up and drilled my holes mounted it right back to the tank with some rubber grommets and she's good to go I installed a 12 volt pump and a solar panel and a, uh, a solar panel charging station for a, a 12 volt deep cycle battery for our gas pump hmm. because we, we don't, we, we don't have sufficient access to power where our gas pumps are at. We are being told that we could potentially be building a new shop. So we don't want to put a whole lot of money in a, a full blown mm-hmm. gas pump station out there. Um, so we've got above ground tanks, um, and I, I got sick of hand cranking gasoline into a 30 gallon mixed gas tank. So right, yeah, I started researching it and we went 12 volt. That's awesome. That was a good idea. Uh, that it, it works out well. The battery stays charged. It, it turns itself off whenever it, it senses that the battery is fully charged. It turns itself off. And so it, it does fantastic. The latest was a flagstick holder that I posted it on Twitter we're lucky enough that our logo is the horseshoe 
So, I mean, it's a perfect U shape. So you can lay mm-hmm. something in it and it makes a, so it, it turned out nice um, for the, so that way our American flags for Memorial Day, 4th of July, uh, the American flag doesn't touch the ground. So you can prop the flag stick up in it right beside the green. So mm-hmm. tell us about uh, your favorite tool. It used to be a little miniature crescent wrench. And I forget the the size of that crescent wrench. Once it was like a two inch, uh, maybe been a four, but it just fit perfect in the palm of your hand. Right, I mean, it was mm-hmm. from fingertip to the to the to your wrist, uh, fit perfect in your pocket. And I carried that thing around everywhere. Uh, when I first started with uh, doing our mobile service, when you, me and you were there, it, I had that thing in my pocket all the time because it. I mean, you go out to look at something. And oh, it's, this is loose. Well, instead of walking, it's right there in your pocket, ready to go. It, it has it has become a little a little pocket flashlight. Thanks to you, uh, I forget what job you and I were on. Ah, uh, no, I don't. I remember exactly what it was. It's when you and I were doing all of the uh, equipment evaluations for all the RT, RTJ courses, yep. having to crawl around. Oh God, I, I forget we were how many, Prattville or somewhere. Yeah, but we ain't gonna tell how many machines you and I crawled all over looking for modeling serial number and hours and inspecting all that equipment and never fails. It you can't see. Uh and I got to where you were handing me your flashlight before I'd even mask. Mm-hmm. And I knew real quick, ah, I gotta get me one. I've I've actually upgraded my light though. Uh I don't do the stream light anymore. Now it's a it's a coast brand HP3R. Uh it's actually chargeable. Okay. Uh, use, uses a cell phone charger and uh, so I can plug a cell phone charger into it and it'll charge it up and it'll stay it's got an adjustable LED beam uh, so I can go wide beam or I can zoom it in spotlight and really hit something hmm. it, it, I, I can't I can't walk out the door without it in my pocket I always check as soon as I'm walking out the door phone wallet light and uh, I'm mm-hmm. good to go it's uh it reminds me of the uh, Adam Sandler song phone wallet keys if you haven't heard it Google Adam Sandler phone wallet keys I'll have to check that out. You got any uh, side hustles? No side hustles. Uh, I had to give it up. I have three boys that all love the game of baseball. And uh, so I, and I loved the game of baseball as a kid and I, I could sit and watch a baseball game. Don't care what teams are playing. I could sit and watch it. So mm-hmm. uh, I love it. And right now we pretty much live at the ballpark. We, uh, like you and I were mentioning at the beginning of this, it's, uh, trying to find time between the two of us with your, yeah, yeah. Uh, everything you got going on and your fishing and then my work and, and the baseball playing right. it, unless, unless you and I are going to stay up to one o'clock in the morning, it, it's, it's kind of hard to, for our two paths to cross, but we, uh, now right now, Friday is actually my only day that I'm not at a ballpark. Yeah. I coach my two youngest. And, uh, I still work with my oldest, um, but he's progressed on up to a level that, but anyway, he, he's, I coached the other two. So between the three teams, they've got, one of them's got practice every single day of the week. Mm -hmm. And then we got games every single Saturday and Sunday and games on Thursdays and some games on Tuesdays with practices. And it's, it's a, it's a grind, but. Well, and just so the listeners know. Our original Friday that we set up to do the interview that we're doing right now, you called me and told me that you're going to the Braves game. 
So you don't spend <laughs> enough time at the ballpark with your kids. You have to take it to the Braves game too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. We uh, yep. we went we went to watch a major league game. It was the first Friday that the ballpark was at full capacity. That they okay. opened up, no, no COVID restrictions, full capacity. So. Yeah, we we had to go to the ball game. It was our the park that my kids play out of. We done a big fundraiser and sold tickets, and that was mm. our that was the the game that we chose. Okay. Uh, awesome. So we all went as a huge team and and bunch of families, and so it was a it was a great the the outcome of the game wasn't great, but it was a great atmosphere and great time at the ballpark. So no, that's good stuff. What do you like best about working at the golf course? Well, like most of the guys that you've you've asked that to. I like the variety. I mean, it's today, I, which I called you, uh, the dang ice machine broke down again, motor seized up. So I was working on an ice machine. Uh, I had to put a brand new range picker together. It, it, it's, you never know, you can plan it, but you never know truly what you're really going to be getting into. And I, I like, I like being the go-to person for problem solving. You know, it, it's a, the equipment manager on property, you're the, if they can't figure it out, oh, you know, call, yeah, call him. He, he can figure it out. They, they, yeah, he, or at least you can give them some insight on where to go to get the problem solved. Yeah. The, the nearly the instant gratification that, that we get, uh, when something performs like it should, or we make it, we make something easier to use than it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no other feeling better. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. You remind me of a story that happened last week. So for the listeners, I got a director of agronomy that's over both our courses and a superintendent at each course. And uh, so the director of agronomy, Courtney, came up the other day and he said, I want you to look at the drainage situation on number 13. So we got two sump pumps over there now and uh, it on the edge of our property and they just rebuilt the sewage treatment plant on the adjacent property and when they rebuilt it the ditch that runs from our course the drain they put in uh, the pipe they put in is about two foot higher than it's supposed to be so but anyway i got a little sidetracked so he asked me to look at it And he told me that he had talked to the superintendent and told the superintendent to not get me involved. (laughs) So so I'll go into the superintendent's office and I said, Courtney's want me to look at that on 13, you know, so I'm asking him what he's thinking. And I said, he told me that he didn't want you to get me involved. So he got me involved, I guess. (laughs) So anyway, but I'm with you, Corey. I like being the go-to guy, no matter what the problem is. It's uh, and there may be some problems that I come up on that I can't figure out. I, mm-hmm. I, I have no idea that I'm at a loss. That's when I start picking the phone up, oh, yeah. uh, start yep. making phone calls. That, and I think that's where that's where we differentiate ourselves from others. There's there's decent technicians. There's really good technicians, and then there's some really really great technicians, mm-hmm. and then there's some superb equipment managers. And those guys are, they're, they're able to handle their business, whether or not, whether they can handle their business or not. Mm-hmm. No, and that's it, true. That's a good point. It, it's a problem that comes up that he can't figure out or that he's not comfortable doing. I can give somebody a call. The first time I ever plastic welded something, I called Hector Velasquez because I've never, and it, cause what I was plastic welding was a, a 
$2,000 spray rig tank. I, mm. I didn't want to screw that up. It was not, it was not damaged beyond use at the moment. Mm-hmm. If I, if I just jump into this, like I know what I'm doing, I could potentially mess this up. And now we're having to buy a tank. So I called Hector and I said, Hey, how would you do this? What would you do? Please give me some, some insight. And, and he, he talked me through it and made me feel a lot more confident on how to approach that problem and got it fixed all as well. No matter how long you've been in the industry or how good you are, it's always good to have somebody you can rely on down the road. Absolutely. Somebody, somebody to build your confidence up. So you got this. That's why what you're doing here is, is so fantastic is it, it is networking networking people that that all have strengths that can help each other oh yeah for sure i've I've got my strengths i know what my strengths are but i also know what my weaknesses are mm-hmm. and i know i know when to go woo, pump the brakes a little bit let's go into this a little slower because this is not my this ain't my wheelhouse so uh, i start making some phone calls so that way it builds up my confidence so i i can I can handle it and know that I'm not going to mess something up. So, mm-hmm. yep, for sure. Tell us a crazy story you've seen at the golf course. <laughs> well, you and I went over, um, yep. I'm, I'm going to scratch the first one that I had. Yeah. Uh, I guess aside from, from the one that I will not mention, if anybody wants to email me, I'll gladly let them know what that was. I was, I was at a small city course when I first moved from Alabama and, uh, there was a, uh, there was a guy that apparently he was a geologist uh, because he really liked his rocks. But, uh, <laughs> he liked smoking them instead of looking at them uh, or dating them. But anyway, uh, or carbon dating them or whatever geologists do. But yeah, uh, I think he was a geologist. So anyway, he drove his car through a fence uh, and into the greenside bunker uh, on a hole. The, scary part was the guy had just finished mowing it and was driving to the next green that morning and the other thing is this dude had some dukes of hazard in him or something because he jumped i know a, a six foot deep ditch that was probably a good five foot wide six foot wide um so he come flying down his street and hit the curb and i guess he got air- airborne off the curb uh but flew the ditch went through the fence hit the golf course and then went right into a greenside bunker the car was in like an old Oldsmobile. Uh, it was, it was all, I mean, it was busted all, it busted all kind of stuff under the car when he went through the, through the air and hit, um, somehow that guy managed to get it out of the bunker and proceeded to drive it across the course, leaving a, a zigzag, a zigzag line trail or a snake trail of transmission fluid all the way up to the clubhouse park <laughs> where they had already closed the gate and was not going to allow him to leave. Mm-hmm. And he gets out and asks, asks, uh, what's going on? Uh, like nothing that happened. Uh, and his car is sitting there smoking. <laughs> just, so, uh, I was having himself a good old day. That was, that's probably the, the second craziest thing I've ever seen. The other was at that same course. They, um, I was sitting in the shop by myself one day, small shop, and um, the area that this this course was at was not not known for its uh, great activity outside the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the golf course was fine; it was a decent golf course. But anyway, I was sitting there by myself, and 
rain day, but I was on a stool behind a greens mower and it's a really, really, really small shop. And uh, I noticed out of the corner of my eye, something, something moved. And so I, I just kind of leaned over to the side and looked around the mower and there was a, a guy standing at the front door at the front bay door. And why I didn't have that bay door down is beyond me. I don't know, but it, I had it open. And so he stands there and he's looking and he looks up at the ceiling and looks around, kind of looks over at the office. And, and I don't know this guy from anybody and he, he don't look like he's a salesman or anything. And he's just kind of looking around. So finally I kind of, I stood up and when he seen me, he just, it's just like, I scared the teetotal crap out of him. And he, he stops. And I mean, he, he physically, I startled him and he stops and he just starts screaming all kind of rah, 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 and just going just nuts and, and and rubbing his head and screaming turns and runs like his shoes are on fire back across our little parking lot towards our gas pumps and does a swan dive head first into the woods and down into a creek that we had back there <laughs> dove through the woods and so I, so I stood there for a minute and I walked up, rolled the door down, clocked out and I went home. So uh, time to go. After, after something like that happens, that's a sign that it's time to go to the house. Yep. I hear that. Get ready for tips and tricks. Share some tips and tricks with us. One is if you uh, take a standard steel cable and unwrap it by half of itself and and go twice the length of the loop that you want to make so if you want to make a little two inch loop unravel around four to four and a half inches of the cable and then once you have them have the cable unwrapped from itself cross those ends and then start lacing itself in and lacing it together and it, you can make your own loop on the end of the cable uh without having to have a uh, a cable crimp or a cable lug holding all that together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, uh, that's one of them. Um, that's a really good one. And I remember you taught me that back however many years ago that was. And, uh, you said, Oh, just put a loop in it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, it's easy. <laughs> so I, I felt like I was about three inches tall. Do you wrap this cable up? But, uh, that was, I mean, it was a good trick. I really enjoyed it and I've used it since then. And uh, I, I tried to do the same thing to the guys that are standing there. It's like, yeah, never seen this before. It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> I do that every time, every time somebody shows me something that I hadn't seen. Oh, man. and the next time I get an opportunity, like, yep. you didn't know that, man. I've been doing that for a long time, ever since last week when I was shown. Um, now I, one, one thing that I do on the, uh, Another little tip. One thing I do on the drive clutches, uh, like on small utilities, club car, easy goes, the little sm- the drive clutches on the engine, mm. is I take, I take the the bolt that holds holds it on, mm-hmm. and I'll cut the head off of it, and I'll usually cut the head off plus uh, two inches, and then um, I slot the end of that bolt with a hacksaw or with a ziz wheel to make it like a Phillips head screwdriver uh, bit. And then I, I put it back up inside the clutch and I screw it into the crankshaft. So I screw it into the crankshaft pretty far, uh, at least half of the thread length. And then I'll screw in a push-off bolt into the end of that and use an impact and hammer it against that bolt. 
So then when the drive clutch comes off, then I just unscrew that, that bolt that holds it on or that held it on that I cut the head off of it. I unscrew that and the threads are perfectly fine. It don't mar the threads up in the crankshaft. I, I don't have to clean up the threads. Everything is, is in perfect shape, ready to go. Yeah. That's a good tip. Uh, I guess my, the best tip that I would give if there's a tip or a trick though, I guess those two are tricks. Uh, I guess the best tip I can give you is, uh, is to quit. Just know when to quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a start time for work that everyone is adamant about being there on time. And if you don't believe me, show up to work 30 minutes late every single day of, of the week and see if someone don't bring it to your attention that you've showed up 30 minutes late for work every single day. I'm going to derail uh, you for one minute um, uh-huh. on being late to work. So a super, well, an assistant superintendent to us, he left, I don't know, probably a year and a half ago and took a superintendent job up in Tennessee. Good dude. But he came by today and uh he was talking about guys being late so and and we use the same system for a long time um three strikes in a month and you're out if you're late yep but rob he changed it around a little bit and he said in the winter time because it ain't you know ain't as much pressure ain't as big a deal if you're late you got two options or well three i guess so you can get a strike or you can bring in donuts for the whole crew <laughs> or you can take a tablespoon of hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I, cool. You know, I don't remember what kind of hot sauce he had, but it was, um, really, really hot. Like, oh, I'd, I'd imagine it ain't, it ain't Tabasco. Um, no, no, not Tabasco or Frank's. <laughs> uh-huh. We're talking serious stuff here. Anyway, sorry about that. Go ahead. No, no, that's, that's fantastic. I like that. <laughs> Eat the hot sauce. Uh, yeah. Spend the next two and a half hours mm. trying to breathe. But no, I, I was just, I was, we're so adamant about being on time. Why are we not just as adamant or vigilant about ending your day? We all have to have a life outside of work. Uh, now I'm, and I'm not, I'm not advocating for looking at your clock and as soon as the alarm goes off for quitting time, well, sorry, peace out. Yeah, um, yeah, headed yeah. To that. Now, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, 15 minutes before the end of your day, start cleaning the tools up, start planning for your next day. You know what? I, I can, I can, I'm at a good stopping point. I can stop right here, push this off on the table. Uh, it'll be right here for me in the morning and I can start cleaning my tools up and getting ready to go home. And then, then, you're not having to constantly, cause I, I just caught myself constantly calling my wife going, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not leaving yet. It's going to be a while. I'll be home probably 30, 40 minutes later. I'll be home an hour later. I'll be home. Mm-hmm. And why, why is it acceptable for me to call her and tell her I'm going to be late? And it's, it's not as acceptable to call your boss and go, ah, I'm going to be an hour late. Hey, yeah. I'm about 30 minutes late. <laughs> so no, it makes sense. And I think, you know, it's important finding that, work life balance and it is it's definitely i think a hot topic right now and a lot more people are talking about it and for good reason tell me one of your pet peeves pet peeves hmm, you talking about work pet peeve or you talking about personal pet peeve because i've got a few i don't yeah give, give me some all all right here we go um now this is this is weird and anyone that knows me or anyone that has uh if you ever find yourself visiting me in, in, in a shop, one thing you'll know is my music is quite weird. I'll go from, and my, my music changes with my mood. Uh, so I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I guess a, a, a weird bird. You should, you could say, 
But one of my pet peeves is cabinet doors. I can't stand for cabinet doors to be left open mm. uh, in the kitchen, in the bathroom, in my shop. You open a cabinet door, close the freaking thing. I don't care if you get something out of it. You can open it again. It takes very little effort to open it and put something back in it when you're done with it. Or, right, right. or just leave it open. And, and I don't, One of my pet peeves at the shop is when guys park in front of the bay door. The main bay door. <laughs> it drives me um, insane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, especially when there is no, there's wide open parking. Yes, uh, everywhere. Yeah, 40 acres over here you can park, and you decide to pull up right here in front of my bay door. Right? Yeah. Yeah, to save five <laughs> steps or 10 steps. So normally what I do, well, it depends on the guy. So, you know, a newbie, I just try to explain to him, don't park in front of the door. The veterans that continually do it over and over again, as soon as they leave their cart, I jump in it and I drive it as far as I can away or as far as I feel like walking. <laughs> so I'll drive, you know, the closest hold our shop is number five. I'll drive it all the way to five T and you know, it'll take me five minutes to walk back, but I don't care. It's, it's, it's relaxing. Uh, you're out, you know, you're getting outside, some exercise, you're getting yep. some exercise. Uh-huh. Um, and usually a time or two of that and they don't park in front of the door anymore. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one uh one of my one of my uh one of my work pet peeves was constantly getting text messages about something happening on the course um and you would think well i mean it's a text message is great yes that is great but when you're elbow deep in something and you're covered in grease and oil mm -hmm. and you hear the text message uh notification go off on your phone you you reach for the rag you wipe your hands off you you gently snake your hand into your pocket to get your phone out you look at it and it's a hey uh can you come out and check on such and such whenever you get time uh, yeah i stopped and wiped my hands off to check that mm. uh so now it's not as bothersome i got a smart watch so now i can just roll my wrist over and look at it and go <laughs> and just keep right on working so okay That's um cool. like it what would be your dream job or a dream opportunity or do you have one or have you already achieved it? Hmm. Dream opportunity. Honestly, I can't say that there is a, a quote unquote dream opportunity in my mind because with every, every job there's pros and cons with everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and right now the pro with the job that I'm at is the ability to do what I do with my three boys. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So right now the job that I've got is my dream job. Right. Now, if we're talking anything and everything, fantasy, hypothetical job, any of that, I wish to God I'd have went back and got a some form of an engineering degree. Yeah, yeah, and went that route. Yeah, that, that's that would have been fun. Well, tell us about your kids and baseball and coaching. I've learned, I've learned that baseball dirt uh, tastes better with Dr Pepper. I've also learned that baseball dirt does not come out of the carpet of your truck. But no, we, I, I, I love it. I, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I'm last year I thought, oh, it's so great to have a year off and, and not have to live at the baseball fields and which we've done a lot of fishing and that was fantastic. But all three boys just love being out there. And it's so fun to, it's, it's fun to coach kids in something that they enjoy or to teach them something that they enjoy and to watch them struggle with it when you're first teaching it to them. 
And then the minute they succeed, the minute they do it right, their eyes light up and man, they look like they, they could conquer the world right now. There's Mm -hmm. not a single thing that could get them down. They just, they just succeeded at something that they've been trying to do, whether it's hit the ball or catch the ball or throw the ball or, or do a double play or throw a kid out at second base or hit one over the outfielders heads or whatever their, their goal is to help them reach that. And whenever they do it, uh, one of my boys, whenever they achieve something, they, they instantly look over and just point at me and it, man, it, it mm. grabs you right by the heart. And it, it just, cause you know, they, they're proud of themselves. And I don't know if they're proud of themselves as much as I'm as proud as I am uh, proud of them, but, and and it's, so you, you take those, my three boys and then you because I, I coach the teams, you, you group that together with 11 or 12 other boys and to watch mm-hmm. all of them seed and then congratulate each other when one of them does something or when the entire team does something, or it, it just, I don't know. It, it, it it's, it's fantastic. And, and I, I tell them a lot that this game, the game of baseball to me is a lot like life. Um, it can, it can give you every single thing you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this week you can be hitting every single thing for, doubles and triples and and just absolutely destroying the baseball and making every single play when the ball's hit to you every defensive play um and then next week your bat goes cold and you can't hit a baseball to save your life so it it that's that's why i I love the game as much as i do uh and for my three boys to love it as much as they do it just that's we eat sleep and breathe baseball and uh my wife wishes she had a girl somewhere along the line but Sorry, it didn't happen. So <laughs> it's uh it's uh she's got a saying in the house, but yeah, we'll uh it's all boys all the time. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. No, that's good stuff. I don't you got anything else you want to talk about? No. Um appreciate your help today on that ice machine motor. Oh, oh yeah. Well, uh FYI. Find out? It was uh it was seized up, it was rusted up. But the varnish coating that is on the outside, if you if it rusts and you take the rust off, that varnish coating is what is there to prevent it from rusting. So once you take that off, it's just going to rust that much easier or corrode that much easier. Uh, but spray, get some uh, clear coat. Mm-hmm. I didn't use polyurethane. I just used regular lacquer clear coat. And I put the armature in my drill and spun it and put a light coat on it and then put a small coat on the inside of the windings. Okay. And dude, it fires up and shouldn't shouldn't have any more corrosion problems because the the metal is no longer exposed. So no, that makes perfect sense. I don't know why I didn't think of that. You know how well, that I was goes. Gonna, I was going to try that dielectric grease. And I ended up calling my dad. I was like, well, I got an electrician that can probably help me out with that after I mm-hmm. talked to you. So I called my dad and he said, I uh, I wouldn't use dielectric grease. That that I just don't sound like that would be a good idea. He goes, you can try it and it might work, but I don't think I would try that. Uh, he said, you got any, any clear coat or lacquer, uh, or some polyurethane? I said, yeah. He goes, well, they put some special varnish on them, but that might get you by. And I said, so that was his little idea. So I tried it. Good and, tip. Man, it worked good. Worked good. Dad solves another one. Dad solves another one. When he are we going back to the coal mines? Oh God, man. I'd <laughs> love to, uh, they, they actually shut that one down that me and you went down in. Yeah. That's uh, what I remember you saying that. That's uh, that was a lot of fun though. That was Very fantastic. It's a it's a, it's a whole world of its own. That that was fun, uh, and I'm glad I'm glad my dad was able to take us take us down before that before they shut that down. So 
Well, it reminds me of, a, um, so Monday night I was fishing and, uh, I weigh all the fish at the end of the tournament. I don't know. I got the short straw, I guess, because it's not fun. <laughs> no, it sucks. But, uh, the, one of the other tournament directors, uh, has on his headlamp and he shines it in everybody's eye. And I told him Monday night, I said, if you're in the coal mine, you'd be in a fist fight right now. <laughs> turn that light off. Yeah. Yeah. You better not, you better not have your light on and turn around and hit somebody nice with it down there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, mean, I kind of remember that everybody that you talked to, would just looked at, you know, they wouldn't look at you because they had yep. the light on their head. They looked down at the ground. So they weren't yep. rude. They were being polite. Yep. Being polite down there. You look down at the ground. Are you talking to my boots? Or are you talking to me? Can you, uh, right. you can <laughs> people in the face down there? Yep. That's a fact. That's, that's a fact. Well, tell the uh, listeners where they can get a hold of you. Um, I'm on Twitter. My Twitter handle is uh, CAP Golf, and my email is CPhillipsGolf at Gmail. And any anybody that that needs anything can they can they can get in touch with me. I'll I'll message them back, email them back, uh, whatever they need. And I, I know your your last podcast about the parts cross reference and all the stuff that you and I've put together in our turf folder. Um, and that we still continue to compile uh, as we come across information. That's guys. All you need to do is just reach out to one of us. We'll we'll, we'll give you some access to that. There, uh, it's a great resource. So, yeah, no, it's been it's been a long work in progress getting all that stuff in there. But did you say how many years it was that you and I started? I don't. I mean, it has had to be close to ten, something like that because I went back to sitting down in 2010, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was after that. So, I mean, we got to be close to 10 years working on Google Drive. Yeah, I've been with Horseshoes a little over nine, nearly 10. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep, time flies. Oh, that it does, sir. That it does. All right, dude. I appreciate you coming on. I really do. Thank you so much. And uh, I think the listeners will enjoy this one and we'll see you next time hey i appreciate you putting all this together sir fantastic i hope you enjoyed hearing from Corey. always good to chat with him and catch up thank you all for listening i appreciate it i still can't believe how this thing's growing we've got six people signed up for our email list and they also got access to google drive and i want to give a shout out to one of them it's at j.c. one of our biggest supporters he's always uh, retweeting us on twitter and i can't thank him enough um so john thank you we really appreciate it over here and you should be expecting an email and uh get ready to be on a podcast buddy tune in next week when we're talking to chris whitaker see you bye Thank you so much for listening to the Real Turf Text Podcast. I hope you learned something today. Don't forget to subscribe. If you have any topics you would like to discuss or you'd like to be a guest, find us on Twitter at Real Turf Text. See you bye.